0: topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative dietitian Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the
1: Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 324, Wall's Protocol for MS and Neurological Conditions with guest the one and only Dr. Terry Walls. We are super excited to have her on and we'll be covering her food as medicine approach to autoimmune diseases, how she healed herself from wheelchair bound to biking to work daily and so much more.
2: Yes. Dr. Walls is quite the leader in the world of nutritional therapy and functional medicine approaches. I first learned about her in 2013 when she was putting out her book and uh, i was a paleo autoimmune practitioner myself working on gut health with bone broth and traditional foods and was super stoked to hear this was one of the first big mainstream releases with her book the walls protocol Um, And so it was really fabulous to get to see someone bringing to light the influence of functional medicine paired with traditional foods. And back in episode 204, we talked with a longtime client of mine in the episode Client Journey with MS Warrior. And you can check out uh, that for a testimonial on how the WALS protocol paired with our functional medicine approaches married together to drive a client into remission also from being close to wheelchair-bound to walking, reducing foot drop, improving digestion, and of course, cognitive health and uh, mental health. So big, big changes there. Um, Today's episode is sponsored by Carnivore Snacks, and we have a mid-roll coming from you from our keto class, which we're just a couple weeks out from enrollment. So just a real quick on that, and then we'll get more into the details of our keto class when we're in the middle of this episode. Um, The first class is January 18th. This is the first live Food is Medicine 12-week keto class that we have done in over a year, and we are super excited to have you all on board. We are only allowing 100 participants, and at this time of recording, we have about 47 spots left. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. Be sure to grab your spot in the live 12-week Food is Medicine Ketosis class. We'll also put a link in the episode, but we will talk in today's episode about how ketosis is really a key tool to support mitochondrial health and how it plays a big role in neurological conditions how blood sugar metabolism is so important, and as we talked last week with our Ozempic episode, how the ketogenic diet can yield sustainable weight loss results without the harmful side effects of some of those short-term fixes. So definitely if you've gained some weight over the holidays or you haven't really gotten back on track from pandemic and are looking at a time to prioritize yourself, really understand what food as medicine means to you, we'd love you as a participant in our program. All right, let's talk about carnivore
1: snacks, which pair perfectly with our keto class, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So carnivore snacks provide two ingredients of delicious, straight-up grass-fed meats and Redmond real salt. And I first tried these at KetoCon this year and i saw on one of the signs that it was referred to as a meat pastry and i will agree or concur that it is it's like a meat pastry because the way that they slowly dehydrate their meat with just the subtle flavor of the redmond real salt creates this like mouth-watering melt um delivery and the pastry element also it's like this airy flakiness which is deeply satisfying i love keeping a bag of carnivore snacks on my desk so between clients um if i don't have a lot of time for a large dense meal this requires very minimal chewing but again deeply satiating so i'm not dealing with cravings also that salt very tonifying for our adrenal glands Um, the texture is just beyond amazing and it also within this slow dehydration retains the most bioavailable nutrients and this amazing texture which is that kind of like buttery soft um Flakiness. If you've tried other products on the market like jerkies or even other thin dehydrated products, there's really nothing like carnivore snacks. They have a variety of cuts such as ribeye, pork loin, New York strip, eye of round, various sliders both in ground lamb, beef, and pork. They have brisket and leg of lamb and each package ranges from $25 to $39, and this is for a five ounce package. But I will note to you, as many individuals were always pushing to meet your minimum protein intake, what's really unique about the five ounces that you get per pack, is that based on the way it's dehydrated we're losing that water weight so each ounce of carnivore snacks provides much more nutrient density and protein density than you would see in an ounce of standard meat so an ounce of carnivore snacks can provide a range of 13 to 19 grams of protein per ounce as opposed to other products like maybe a meat stick which might have under 7 grams of protein per ounce by weight so All right. yeah, go on over to Carnivore Snacks. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-E-S-N-A-X. That's CarnivoreSnacks.com. Use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout, and you will save fifteen percent off your order, and you'll get free shipping on one hundred and twenty-five dollars or more. Um, definitely, this would be a great thing to send home if you have a visitor from college over the holidays. A uh, great thing that's nutrient-dense, that fits well in a backpack or a briefcase or a uh, diaper bag. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I don't know if you've used these with Noah yet. but He's tried the pork loin after KetoCon. He I really liked it. I was going to say, him. this would be a really great way to tone any toddler... <laughs> Yes. fit protein, or hanger protein, cravings protein. give them that protein <laughs> and that fat for that satiating mellow out um, we definitely will see a boost of that amandamide in the brain and that is a really good way to enhance mood um, and also give us a little bit of that bliss so going over to with an com, use Allie Miller RD at checkout
1: all right I will read Dr. Walsh's bio and then we will bring her on the show Dr. Terry Walls is a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa, where she conducts clinical trials. She is also a patient with secondary progressive multiple sclerosis, which confined her to a tilt recline wheelchair for four years. Dr. Walls restored her health using a diet and lifestyle program she designed specifically for her brain, and she now pedals her bike to work each day. She's the author of The Walls Protocol, How I Beat Progressive MS Using Paleo Principles and Functional Medicine, The Walls Protocol, A Radical New Way to Treat All Chronic Autoimmune Conditions Using Paleo Principles, and the cookbook, The Walls Protocol, Cooking for Life, The Revolutionary Modern Paleo Plan to Treat All Chronic Autoimmune Conditions. She conducts clinical trials that test the effect of nutrition and lifestyle interventions to treat MS and other progressive health problems. You can learn more about her tr- clinical trials in the link we'll provide in the show notes. She also teaches the public and the medical community about the healing power of the paleo diet and therapeutic lifestyle changes that restore health and vitality to our, our citizens. She hosts a Walls protocol seminar every August where everyone can learn how to implement the protocol with ease and success. You can follow her on Facebook as Terry Walls, MD and on Twitter
3: at Terry Walls.
2: Welcome, Dr. Walls, to the Naturally Nourished Podcast.
3: Hey, thank you for having me.
2: Yes, we are super excited to have you on and have worked with actually many clients that have attended your seminars. Of course, probably thousands that have read your book and we're super on board with your food as medicine approach. We'd love to, before we get into your Walls protocol and all of the stuff you're doing in the world of research, We'd love to first have our audience hear from you firsthand about your healing journey personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd love you to share with listeners, maybe the diagnosis and and the prognosis and and progression rate, as well as when you turned to traditional foods and how that started to drive a remission state and regaining of strength for you.
3: I'll tell it um, in real time as it happens. Okay. So 20 years ago, out walking with my wife, Jackie, a half mile from home, my left leg grows weak, dragging it, I hobble home, I'm really scared, I see the neurologist who says, Terry, this could be bad, or really, really bad. Now, over the next three weeks, while I go through the workup, at night, I'm laying in bed thinking about bad and really, really bad. And I think about the 20 years of worsening electrical face pain that I've already endured. And I pray secretly for a fatal diagnosis because I do not want to become disabled and a burden to my family. I am a physician. I do my research. I find the very best MS center in the country. And I see their best physician. I take the newest drugs. Uh, my physician tells me about the work of Lauren Cardane. I, After 20 years of being a vegetarian, low fat, I. Discover uh, the benefits of eating meat. And after a lot of prayer and meditation, I go back to eating meat. The next year, I need a tilt reclined wheelchair. I take chemotherapy. Uh, that does not help. I take um, Tizabri, the new biologic agent. That does not help. I'm switched to Cellcept. My face pains are relentlessly worse. My 10 year old daughter hugs me as tears stream down my face. I decide that I need to do more. I go back to reading the basic science and uh, I go to PubMed night after night. I uh, slog through these basic science articles. I decide that mitochondria are key and I devise a supplement program to support my mitochondria. The speed of my decline slows and I am so grateful, but I am still declining. I am unable to sit up in a regular chair. My uh, face pains are relentlessly worse. I have profound fatigue. I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine. I take their course on neuroprotection. I have a longer list of supplements. I discover a study using electrical stimulation of uh, muscles. I asked my physical therapist if I can try it. He says, it hurts a lot. It's for athletes. He doesn't know that it will benefit me, but he lets me have a test session and it does hurt a lot, a whole, whole lot. But when it's over, I feel great. And it's the best I've felt in years. So we add eSIM to my rehab. And then I have this big aha, and I'm actually quite embarrassed about how long it took me to have this aha. What if I redesign my paleo diet based on all the science that I have studied? For my own review of the basic science, what I learned from functional medicine. And it takes several more months of research. I have this new way of eating I started December 26th. And by the end of January, I realized that my mental clarity is improving, that my pain is somewhat less, that my energy uh, is better. And in February, my physical therapist says, Terry, you're getting stronger. I'm going to advance your exercises. And in March, I begin walking at first with my walking sticks and then without walking sticks. I'm stunning my colleagues. It's the first time they've seen me walk the hallways in four years. And then at the uh, Mother's Day in 2000. Eight. So again, just about six months after um, my new way of eating and doing the E-STEM, I want to try riding my bike for the first time in six years. We have an emergency family meeting. Jackie tells my big 16 year old, six foot five inch uh, son, he's gonna jog alongside on the left. She'll have my 13 year old daughter jog on the right. She'll follow and I get on my bike and i bike around the block. That big 16-year-old boy, he's crying. My 13-year-old, she's crying. My wife's crying. And I cry now talking about that moment. Sure. Because that's when I understand that the current understanding of secondary progressive multiple sclerosis is incomplete. Mm-hmm. And who knows how much recovery might be possible. I bike a little every day, a little bit further. And in October, Jackie signs me up for the Courage ride, 18.5 miles. <laughs> and when I cross that finish line, we're all crying again. And this changes how I think about disease and health. It changes the way I practice medicine. And it changes the focus of the research that I now do.
2: Oh, that's <clears throat> so powerful. <laughs> and that's such a... Strong visual shift, of course, from just progressive decline to such a victorious remission and
3: strength. Um, Can you touch a little bit? I want to clarify this Mm -hmm. is not a remission. So, relapsing, remitting has um, relapses where things get worse and then things get better. That's called a remission. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: I had converted to secondary progressive. And at that stage, there are no more remissions. There are no more relapses. It's just a relentless slow decline. Okay. Which i would had uh, basically for six years. So th- there are no remissions once you hit the progressive phase.
1: Got it. That that makes sense. Um, we'd love to hear more about how all of that and, and just your story and... and- the trials and errors and whatnot developed into the walls protocol, and and how you took all of your learnings and started to apply, you know, learnings about traditional foods, about gut health, and how the walls protocol really came to be from that. So it sounds yeah. like that was <clears throat> the the peak of, um, you know, that first bike ride. And then where did things go from there?
3: So you know when I when I uh, was diagnosed. I started reading the basics. I started reading uh, the research, and uh, I was really upset when I understood it was a progressive illness. That uh, drugs slowed the decline somewhat, but it was still very progressive. And that's when Jackie convinced me to stop reading. Said, "We'll find you the best people in the country, but you got to stop because it's just getting you upset."
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so for uh, three years, I, I didn't read. Uh, any research because I kept my word that I would stop reading. I, and then when I got in the wheelchair, in the tilt wheelchair, I said, you know, I know how bad it's gonna be. Really, really terrible. Uh, so I'm gonna go back to reading the research. Uh, and that was PubMed. Now, I'm not a basic scientist. So reading uh, the papers uh, was was really hard work, um, and I'm not a neurologist, so um, reading MS research um, was complicated and hard. And I would read and think, read and think, and I would uh, eventually decide that mitochondria um, were the big driver. So then I was uh, started researching what we could do to help uh, mitochondria. And you know, I would slowly uh, devise uh, some supplements that were helpful, and that was uh, creatine, carnitine, Coenzyme Q, uh, B vitamins. And um, you know, I, I I took them for about six months, and I thought, you know, I'm just wasting my money, and so I quit. And what I discovered was I, I couldn't get out of bed. yeah, I was okay for 24 hours, but by 36 hours, I just really felt even more terrible than normal. And at 72 hours, my wife came in and said, you know, honey, why don't you try taking your supplements again? And I took them and the next morning, I could get up, I was back to my usual level of feeling bad and I could go back to work and I thought, wow, that was really interesting. Uh, And so that got me reading and thinking more about what supplements could help my mitochondria. And uh, then, you know, as I mentioned, I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine uh, and uh, they had a longer list of supplements. And, you know, the, the supplements didn't didn't recover me, but I could tell if I wasn't taking them, I felt even worse. So the supplements were, were super helpful and I was thrilled to take them. But the magic happens when um, I have this uh aha, like, you know, maybe I should figure out where these nutrients are in the food supply that uh, maybe then I'll pick up some other key nutrients that we haven't even identified that are really important, that would be helpful. And so I am trying to figure out where they are in the food supply and my uh, dietitian colleagues at the hospital, they're like, you know, I, I have no idea, Terry. Uh, And I go to the health science library and I try to look this up and like, you know, that's not helping me. But I find the Linus Pauling Institute of Micronutrients, which is at uh, Oregon State University. And so I I go through and I start identifying these foods that are uh, important for these nutrients. And I have a list of all these foods that I want to be sure that I'm eating every week. And you know that's what I do in two thousand and eight and that's when uh, I, I had this stunning level of recovery that is just so, I mean, stunningly fast. And then, when after I, I do my my really big bike ride, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I I start talking to my vets about food and and diet and lifestyle. And and I have like five minutes with the vets when I'm staffing the primary care clinics and a whopping 20 minutes when I'm staffing the traumatic brain injury clinic. I have to come up with a way of teaching this this insight of here are the key foods that are so helpful.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: in a way that people can remember and understand very quickly. So now I'm sort of thinking about, okay, um, how do I teach this? How can people remember it? Uh, And I have to uh, do it where I could take just a few notes and hand them a piece of paper. Uh, And uh, then I'm also uh, doing some uh, validation to know that these food rules will get uh, this uh, mix of nutrients. And and basically that is how over uh, the next uh, year and a half, uh, the walls Protocol, the nine cups of vegetables, uh, greens, sulfur rich in the cabbage, onion, mushroom family, and the deeply colored uh, are born. And that is, um, Um, how, because I'm trying to be inclusive to, and there are a few vets who are vegetarian uh, vegans for their spiritual beliefs. I'm like, okay, I need to have a plan. Although I I would prefer that people eat meat.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. I want to have a plan that would allow people who are uh, avoiding meat for their spiritual beliefs, uh, how they could do it more safely. Uh, And then ultimately I would create a plan that uh, is for ketogenic eaters. Uh, so, it's it's certainly a a process. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I continue to learn. I continue to evolve based on what the science is telling me and what I'm learning from my patients.
2: Love it, and I'd love to dig for a moment. Um... We are big proponents of ketogenic diet. I would love to hear about your personal experience and how that transition in your mm-hmm. body influenced, of course, mitochondria and neurological health. But before we get there, I really wanna hit on the gut. Um, did you have personal influence with gastroparesis or digestive disturbance Yeah. Um, and, and how, cause there's often this very intertwined influence with neurological health. And yeah. um, you take such a high phyto compound role I'd love to connect gut health, healing the gut, and then a little bit on the the world of where your position would be in, in as healing or anti-nutrients yeah. of plants.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanna acknowledge that for many, many people with a neurologic disorder, whether it's Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, MS, or other neuroimmune problems like um, rheumatoid arthritis that have neurologic psychiatric symptoms. Gut disturbance, very, very common. Constipation often precedes uh, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, or uh, MS, Uh, and uh, that was the case for me that I developed constipation, Uh, and that was a a, a big part of uh, the MS story. A few people will have diarrhea, uh, uh, gastroparesis with difficulty, with um, being able to eat because uh, the stomach does not empty. uh, And so uh, that can happen as well. Absolutely very, 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 very common to have gut motility problems, inadequate motility being the most common, occasionally excessive motility uh, occurring. Um, Now, the question of are plants filled with anti-nutrients? Uh, These are known as little poisons. The plants make all sorts of little compounds to try and inhibit uh, the insects that eat them and the herbivores that eat them. Uh, Fruits don't have as many poisons in them because they usually want the animals, the plants, want the fruits consumed. We co-evolved with all of those plants. And so over millions of generations, our primate ancestors have been eating plants. And those little poisons in those plants facilitate more efficient operating of our uh, biochemical pathways. They facilitate uh, a suppression of NF Kappa B, activation of the antioxidant response element, uh, and more Favorable um, modulation of phase one, phase two, and if you look at the gut microbiome, phase three of detoxification and elimination. So all those little poisons that my paleolithic my paleo diet eaters and carnivore eaters condemn plants have been a, an important part of evolutionary history. Uh, and we have millions of generations where we thrived but eating a wide variety of plants. And of course, you know, certainly humans appeared in equatorial Africa, you know, separating from other primates about 6 million years ago, our genus 2.5 million years ago, our species Homo sapiens 250,000 years ago. We migrated north, met the Neanderthals 100,000 years ago, had a war, Well, actually, we we probably met them about 200,000 years ago, had a war for about 100,000 years, and then got in, defeated and assimilated the Neanderthals uh, about uh, 100,000 years ago. And that's how we got into the Middle East, uh, Europe, uh, across Asia, Australia, the Pacific Islands, then North and South America. Most of humanity has thrived, again, over hundreds of thousands of years, eating a wide variety of plants. There are a few societies, a handful of societies that have thrived eating very few plants. Uh, The Arctic uh, folks uh, have have done very well. Uh, Some of the uh, Tibetan Plateau uh, Mongols uh, have had uh, uh, lower plant uh, consumption. Um, so yes, there are societies uh, that do that. Uh, and might there be some individuals that will thrive uh, with a carnivore diet? Uh, I, I expect that there definitely are. And that one could say that the carnivore diet is sort of the ultimate elimination diet uh, that it reduces the food sensitivity issues. Some of the carnivores, uh, people had advocated extraordinary levels of liver consumption that um, uh, put people at, in my understanding of the nutrition research, uh, would put people at uh, significant risk of uh, chronic insidious, retinol or vitamin A uh, toxicity, leading to uh, fibrosis of the liver, lungs, and and heart that uh, would be um, causing uh, respiratory failure, uh, liver failure, and cardiac failure, uh, ultimately, uh, in a way that you can't really treat because the retinols in the fat, uh, it would be it's a slow, insidious problem that be, that would become profoundly difficult. Um, so I, I think that the folks who are advocating for a pound of liver every week are are creating uh, enormous health, putting people at uh, health risk. Sure. Uh, I, I do have a, a comment that I, I think the, uh, and I've had several conversations with uh, the carnivore people, Um, encouraging them to write a case report and a case series of who is helped by their approach, what are, so the indications, what are the risks and adverse events, so that we can build a case, even if it's a single arm study in the literature, because if you're going to change clinical practice, it, the, the usual sequence of how that happens is it, someone makes an interesting case report,
0: mm-hmm.
3: then maybe you get a case series, then you get a single arm study to look at safety and effect size, then you can do a small randomized control trial, then you do a, a somewhat larger randomized controlled trial, then you do a, a much bigger, longer randomized control trial. And We've we've offered to help them write the case report and the case series. and uh, Thus far, uh, they've declined. They've not been interested in that. Um, so I, I find that disappointing. I, I, I wish they would be willing to write case report, case series, even single arm studies, so that we could begin to understand who's helped, uh, what the eligibility, who, who would most benefit, and what are the potential uh, side effects. Yeah. I think, um, Sean Baker might be, maybe working
1: on that. We'll see. We'll
3: see what uh, comes I, out I, of that. I've spoken with this. I've spoken with this team okay. uh, and, uh, we've not, uh, we've offered to help. Uh, they've not been interested in our help, but yeah, so I, I, I hope that he will at least get a case report in case series would not be. It's so interesting.
2: Uh, we're very on board with more of a Mediterranean ketogenic approach and a high phyto-compound diet. Uh, we've seen clinically when individuals pull out all plant matter and are doing keto carnivore, uh, elevated liver enzymes and Mm -hmm. also elevated estradiol, I mean, really, really high levels, because I, I believe that they're missing that conjugation, right. From some of those sulfurous compounds, um, also that phase three detox, as you noted, and in actual research, we do see endogenous glutathione stores going up when, consuming sulforaphane, for example. Um, So even if it is a toxin, but it stimulates, as you're saying, your body to produce antioxidant, your body to upregulate detoxification, then that's like a hormesis, a challenge that the body actually responds to with favorable outcome. And so... Um, what what we name it <laughs> is kind you know, of irrelevant, you know, an anti-nutrient of plant toxin. Um, I, I would love to hear though, do you feel for short term, yeah. if someone doesn't tolerate plants, how you work with that individual to build up oh. to that nine cups?
3: I, I, I want to come back to the comments. The the carnivore folks are very fond of hormesis. when we talk about uh strength training.
0: Yes, uh we cold talk plunging,
3: about cold plunging, ice water right. plunge, uh saunas. They're all about the hormetic challenge. Yes. And then when I point out that plants yes. are a hormetic challenge, and that our evolutionary history is with plants. Yes. And yes, our evolutionary history is also with animals, in that I think the the best diet has diversity of animals and diversity of plants. In uh, that if ever anyone including me says I got the one diet that's perfect for everyone they're wrong no doubt Mm -hmm. I I can have the one diet that will kill everyone that's easy to develop (laughs) but we we're we're not ever going to be able to have a diet that is perfect for everyone Um, and now Ali we want to get me back to the question that I should have answered and I stepped over No, I love it. (laughs) We had had a
2: unique conversation with Paul Saladino on the topic and he wasn't biting on that hormesis (laughs) thing. I was like, dude, I got all the, I'm just saying, (laughs) it was pretty funny. Um, I would love to hear about, yeah, veg tolerance, right? So when you're working with these individuals that have gastroparesis or have delayed emptying and chronic constipation uh, you know, what are some of the techniques and approaches that you use um, to increase their tolerance of veg?
3: So where everyone wherever someone is at. So I've had people who have gone carnivore and want to reintroduce plants and they're struggling or they're on the standard American diet and they're like, okay, I'm I'm struggling and and I want to uh, come over uh, towards you. So um, yeah, we, we can think about somebody with inflammatory bowel disease who has meat, And a lot of processed foods because they're they're having, uh, if they eat any vegetable material, they have terrible diarrhea. That person I'll put on soups and stews, a lot of bone broth, Mm -hmm. and let them know that we're going to very slowly increase the vegetable content and that they may never be able to have raw vegetables or fruit, because of their inflammatory bowel disease Uh, in that uh,
0: the
3: the concept of that you have to have nine cups, three green, three sulfur, three color uh, is is a reflection that I want people to be hungry and I want you to have sufficient protein and greens, sulfur rich and color according to what your appetite and size and the amount of physical activity will mandate. Nine is a very easy way to start, three, three, and three, as your goal. But if, you have, if you're a petite lady, uh, maybe it's going to be a cup of each that you're going to start with and mm-hmm. gradually work your way up. If you have inflammatory bowel disease, you're going to have a, and you're having a lot of diarrhea. Um, or if you have SIBO, it's going to be more meat, soups, and stews. And gradually increasing the, the vegetables.
1: Sure, and it sounds like more of the cooked vegetables, which would be there will be cooked, yeah, as well. And then c- I think we would add in maybe digestive enzymes and and maybe some um, L-glutamine with that individual to really work, you know, healing yeah. that gut. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and and treat so, SIBO or if yeah. there's an infection. Sure,
3: I, I put them through the f- uh, five-hour program. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, caldera oil. Um, uh, if they'll tolerate organ meat capsules so I can be sure that they're getting some uh, retinol, uh, vitamin A, uh, uh, acetylcysteine, uh glutamine. Uh, so if you have lots of bone broth, uh, that will help. Collagen uh, will help. Um, and if we can get a little sauerkraut uh, or probiotics in, uh, that will help uh, getting rid of the gluten, uh, the dairy, uh, the processed foods, the added sugars. Yep.
1: Yep. Our next question was, what are like the top things that you need to remove from your diet? And I think you just said them, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, i also encourage people to take eggs out. Eggs are the third most common uh, um, food that people uh, can have an adverse reaction to uh, that. I want them to be out at least for a month, preferably for three. And then to re-add the yolks particularly because they are fabulously good for you. Um, and then you can see if you can tolerate the egg white and have the whole egg. If you can, that's fabulously great because it's really good for you. I, I can't uh, uh, because it triggers my face pain. Um, and once you start, and that's the diet that I studied, uh, my IRB required that I study, my exact diet Uh, and so all of my clinical trials have included the removal of gluten dairy and eggs because i was i was required to in the very beginning and that is the uh diet that i have all of my experimental uh data with so but you know many many people can resume uh uh uh, can resume uh, eggs Sure. Um, speaking
1: of just your, um, research and, and your clinical trial, I want to hear all about the clinical trial you have going on right now. And yeah. I also want to hit some lifestyle support elements for a mess. Um, uh, before we do that, we're just going to take a brief pause for a word from our sponsor for this episode.
2: Yes, today's episode is sponsored by Naturally Nourished, as we are so excited to share that we would love to have you in our 12-week live Food as Medicine Ketosis class that starts January 18th. This program runs every other Wednesdays from noon until 1.30 or 1.15 or so. And these live classes are taught by myself and Becky. You also will get two packed ebooks, our Ketogenic Kickstart, which is the science and strategy of the ketogenic diet, plus Eat Fat, Get Skinny, which is loaded with fat-fueled recipes to make ketosis delicious. Now, in our program, it is a great way to support neurological health, fuel your mitochondria, as well as, of course, get weight loss results and even see outcomes such as reversing diabetes and sustainable outcomes that you can experience on a daily basis including reduced inflammation enhanced mood reduced cravings and so much more in fact one of my favorite testimonials is hearing from individuals that they're finally feeling like themselves in their body again maybe after years of prioritizing others or maybe just not prioritizing their food as medicine plans or really even understanding how to put it all together we provide you as a participant in our keto program a unique customizable protocol we also have protocol tiers for individuals that are breastfeeding those that are pregnant those that have an autoimmune condition and need more leaky gut support or those that are dealing with Hashimoto's thyroiditis or adrenal fatigue so wherever you are are in your healing process, we're here to pick you up and support you on this journey and teach you how the ketogenic diet can be a powerful tool to enhance whole body health. Yes,
1: I'm gonna go ahead and read a powerful testimonial from one of our past participants. They said, Clear thinking and experiencing food freedom. I thoroughly enjoyed the ketosis class. I feel wonderful and wish I would have done this sooner. I've lost weight, inches improved my energy level, and have experienced improved mental clarity. I view food differently and have eliminated cravings. I learned how to change recipes to still taste great, but reduce or eliminate the sugar and carb content and have for the first time been able to take my kids for ice cream without white knuckling cravings or feeling out of control.
2: I think that sensation would be very welcomed as we're rounding out the holidays in this ever-going timestamp of celebrations and indulgences. And I think what's really lovely that we hear from participants is that everyone in the household loves the recipes they're making. So by no means does it feel restrictive. Everything is going to be jam-packed with flavor, and a great way to also then passively get other household members to also reduce their overall carb load or sugar intake, and this can have an influence from ADHD to behavioral concerns to depression, anxiety, gut health, acne and so much more so guaranteed, there's other household members that will reap the benefits of your participation in our 12-week food is medicine ketosis program so within your purchase you're going to get those six live 75 to 90 minute classes with Becky and myself you're going to get customized interactive worksheets as well as that unique protocol which kind of sets the tone and puts together what your macros your carbs protein and fat intake should be we also teach you how to modify your macros and we discuss The ever dire concept of carb cycling, you know, if you feel so good without carbs, do we want to consider bringing carbs in and what feels sustainable for long-term results to keep those added pounds off and to maintain an anti-inflammatory state in your diet. You'll get 20 plus handouts and materials. You'll have direct interaction from Becky and myself on a members-only Slack group where you can ask questions, share recipes, products you've discovered, supplement questions, and so much more. We will provide you lab recommendations and savings on labs. In fact, some labs, such as our MRT lab, has savings of even $250. So if you're considering doing that inflammatory food test, the program basically pays for itself at just $299 for this three months of so much information and support from Becky and I. We'd love to have you join. You can go on over to alliemillerrd.com, check out under books and programs the live 12 week Food as Medicine Ketosis program for just $299. We would love to have you experience food freedom and get back in your body, remembering what it feels like to feel balanced and amazing again.
1: And we're Um, So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your current research study that you are conducting through the University of Iowa.
3: So it is for people with relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis, age 18 to 70. Uh, You'll need to come to Iowa uh, at baseline, month three and month 24. Uh, You will have uh, measures of walking, hand, uh, vision. Uh, a measure of thinking, uh, a very simple working memory test, uh, some quality of life uh, surveys. We'll have blood work uh, drawn, and we'll get a baseline MRI uh, on a research magnet, so there's no contrast, and you'll come back at three months to repeat some uh, blood work and some of the uh, clinical assessments, and at... 24 months, repeat the blood work, clinical assessments, and the MRI. Our primary outcome is um, can we improve quality of life? Another really, really interesting question is can we get the rate of brain volume loss back to healthy aging? Because people with MS, our brains are shrinking three times as fast as uh, happens in people. We have healthy aging.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, the two intervention diets that we're comparing are an olive oil ketogenic diet. So it's very much like a Mediterranean a ketogenic diet and the modified paleo diet, uh, which is you know, very much like um, uh, my original study diet, to usual diet. Okay. And we give to the usual diet group uh, a monthly uh, tips on how to improve their diet. The intervention groups meet with the dietitian to get trained on the intervention diets. And they have a monthly group call where we answer questions and the participants get to chat with each other in the keto group and in the paleo group. We, we anticipate all three groups will improve because we know in every dietary study, the people who agree to be in a dietary study all want to improve their diet. Sure. Yeah, and the usual diet groups always improve their diet through eating a diet that's much better than the standard American diet. Uh, yeah, and really the, the, the interesting question will be, will the usual diet group improve their diet enough so that they too will have the same level of improvement in brain volume loss? Uh, it's certainly quite possible that that might be the case. It's people who come to the study will be randomized uh, to the two intervention arms or the usual diet. That's part of uh, because you need to have a randomized controlled study design in order to change clinical practice. Hmm. Uh, You you can't do it with a quasi experimental design where people get to choose, you know, which diet they're in. Uh, And one of my goals is to change the standard of care. Love it.
2: And with the time restricted olive oil based ketogenic diet, will they be measuring ketones in any way yes. or will, so it, we'll be ensuring not just by diet record or recall that they are in a ketogenic state
3: we will be, uh, uh, we are measuring, uh, blood ketones. Uh, they're doing that a couple times a week. Uh, we're also measuring blood ketones, uh, when they come in, uh, as well. So yes. Uh, and we're doing, um, a, a special t- a type of dietary assessment at time, zero, uh, in through this study, uh, with uh, people answering, uh, uh, detailed questionnaires about their, uh, eating patterns for the previous month. Got it. Um,
1: what about supplementation? I don't know if that fits into the study, but I do yeah. want to circle back on just kind of your top supplements, um, for MS. I know you mentioned creatine, carnitine, CoQ10, and B vitamins, um, will the study include supplementation or just as a sidebar, what have you found to be the most helpful for well, yourself and your clients?
3: So the study does, co- uh, in the intervention arms, uh, covers, uh, a couple of, uh, fatty acid supplements in my, um, clinical practice and other clinical trials, we have included a variety of supplements and that varies according to the study. Uh, I I certainly want to acknowledge that for many, I I think mitochondrial dysfunction is a driver of disability for MS and neuroimmune function. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we've been creating a variety of uh, supplement protocols for people with MS and neuroimmune issues uh, and uh, this last year, I finally created a uh, walls protocol supplement line to help people devise a mitochondrial uh, support and a, a, a supplement support for their MS. Okay.
2: Very, I think that's very important as well. And so in the study, they that'll just kind of be something that's not mandated, there's general recommendations and some may take more supplements
3: than others, but the diet will be the primary intervention. The diet is the primary intervention. Uh, we, we have a couple of fatty acid supplements, uh, people can, you know, and to be honest, uh, the vast majority of folks are coming in taking a a bunch of supplements. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, we've known for some time that people with MS are very often on supplements. Most of them know to be on uh, um, uh, vitamin D. I'd say most are on some form of uh, B complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, probably because they've been listening to me talk about how important mitochondria are, uh, they have, I would say the majority are uh, uh, trying to devise a supplement cocktail that mm-hmm. begins to address uh, mitochondrial function. Sure. Um, what about
1: various lifestyle elements, um, any like e-stim or movement recommendations within your study? Well,
3: or- you know, certainly it, <clears throat> again, because it's a diet study, um, we ask people to not change their meditation exercise practice, unless so directed by, uh, their physician sure. during the course of the study. If you're in my clinical practice, or if you follow me uh, in my social media, you see that I'm talking about exercise. I am talking about stress reduction. I talk about uh, having a higher purpose, uh, about having a life mission, about the the benefit of giving back.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, one of um, I was at the American Academy of Anti Aging Medicine's um, World Congress recently. Uh, In one of the lectures um, said, you know, evolution doesn't uh, think much about longevity. Like once you've lived long enough that your children are reproductive age, they don't really care. Unless you're contributing to the success of the clan. And so the invention of grandparents, which helped the success of the clan was why women survived past menopause. Hmm. <coughs> I really like that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Babies will give a, a lot of people a sense of purpose, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as I've heard from my own mother, as grandparents, you get a little bit more freedom in the way that you work. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit less stress, maybe that second time around that generation. Uh, I would love to hear about Easton because I've worked with clients individually that have had different neurological conditions um, and MS specifically, and I'm curious on the mechanisms in which it works with the neuromuscular system. And would there be people that wouldn't be a fit? Like I know how you noted that your practitioner said, you know, this is going to cause more pain at first. Um, what about an individual, if we're connecting HPA access and someone that's running high epinephrine or in this more sympathetic nervous system response, could estim for that individual drive more excitatory symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, fasciculations, twitching, and that wouldn't be a good fit until they can get that HPA access more grounded. Or do you find that to still be essential for all clients? Where, where, where does that kind of fit?
3: You know, I got introduced to estim in uh, uh, reading how this was being used for people who had spinal cord injury. So they're never going to walk again. Okay. But adding E-STEM dramatically improved the quality of life and dramatically improved metabolic health, that is blood sugar control, Mm -hmm. and uh, blood lipids. Hmm. Because being inactive, not having your your mitochondria function, is actually incredibly inflammatory uh, and leads to very, uh, terrible blood sugar and terrible uh, blood lipids. Um, and, and so th- there's a movement to have more E-STEM for people who are never going to walk. Sure. I will tell you that when I started doing E-STEM, you know, I, I could do 10 minutes of exercise. If I did more than that, um, I-, I couldn't function. I'd, I was on bed rest for the rest of the day. Okay. And by adding eStem, the first thing I saw was a dramatic impact on my mood and mental clarity. We now know that uh, one of the things that eStem does is it stimulates uh, nerve growth factors in the brain and locally in the muscles. So, um, and and you know, I was the first person uh, publishing research about the use of eStem with progressive MS with people who had uh, uh, you know, serious disability. We, we have more uh, research now uh, public talking about the benefits of e with people who are wheelchair dependent who have very minimal uh, uh, walking. I, I think uh, E-STEM can be incredibly helpful uh, because of its effect on metabolic health, blood sugars, blood lipids, uh, its effect on nerve growth factors, And for people who are willing to work at it, it can improve uh, function. It can improve your ability to do transfers from chair uh, to toilet. It can improve, again, I'm not the only one who's had this dramatic uh, reversal of disability, but it takes work. Rehab is much harder work than most athletes will ever do. The amount of time and devotion, I'm a former athlete. I'd, I'd work out hours every day. Let me tell you, the work I put into my recovery of function from profound disability was far greater than what I ever did as an athlete. Uh, And uh, uh, so dramatic recovery is possible. We have certainly seen it in others. Uh, The people who've been most successful are those who were athletes in the past who understood that you have a long goal. You want to run a marathon? You're going to train for quite a while before you're running that marathon. If you want to start walking again, you've been wheelchair dependent. You're going to train a long time before that's going to happen. And if you're willing to do the work, um, it's certainly possible, but it's not going to happen just because you fix your diet and put uh, electrodes on and you think you're going to start walking at the end of the week.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and mindset I think is huge there too, obviously. Um, what is your greatest advice, I guess, to autoimmune warriors out there um, where, should they start and, and what words of wisdom do you have for
3: them? My, my veterans taught me this one. The, the most, um, powerful classes that they loved was the, what is your, why, why, how are you giving back to society? Even if you're profoundly disabled, you can be given back. So Mm -hmm. how can you give back? What is, uh, your mission? What do you care most deeply about that you would go into a house that was just starting to be on fire to go save? I, and then once you have that clarity, how can we link some small achievable next step towards supporting that purpose, that intermission?
0: Hmm.
3: And you start with small achievable next steps That you can be successful with. And when you get that one completely down, then you work on what is the next small, achievable next step. Uh, Another thing that my vets loved, and we had so much fun doing, was talking about the hero story. And, you know, the most inspiring hero story is someone who is facing a a really big, terrible, evil, something, someone, something. And the chance of success is really very small. You're gonna face enormous odds, enormous resistance. You're gonna have to work really hard. You risk a lot. Uh, Success is not guaranteed. And you love cheering for that hero. And you love seeing how hard it is. And you know, if it's an Eastern storyteller, you know, that hero might actually die. Mm-hmm. It's a Western storyteller. We know that somehow the hero's going to survive. He's going to get the beautiful girl and they'll ride off to the sunset. Right. But in the East, you know, they might die. So it's, it's much more exciting to read the Eastern stories because you don't really know how it's going to turn out. My vets, they, it was a big aha. Then they were like, Yes, I need to know that success isn't guaranteed. The heroism is in being willing to fight for the greater good. And they could lean into the story. They could lean into, yep, this is really hard. Oh my God, this is really hard. But I'll work at it. It's understanding that paradigm. Mm -hmm. It is the inner game in mastering what are the stories I can tell myself so I'm willing to do this work and realize it's hard and success isn't guaranteed. And it makes a, a, a story that will inspire my family, my children, my grandchildren, my neighbors, my friends. I want to be inspiring, and most people want to be inspiring. We all want to be in a hero story. I love it, and I have to you know thank my vets. I I, th- I thought the most important classes were going to be you know the meditation and the exercise or my cooking classes, <clears throat> and they said no no no, it's these because without these, we aren't willing to do any of the other stuff you're asking us to do.
2: Right. Without the why Mm -hmm. you're not going to do the, what (laughs) you're not going
3: to do the work, you know? So I think that's, so my, my, uh, uh, postdocs were writing the next grant and they put the why at the last class Mm -hmm. for the little lessons. No, no, no. That is (laughs) the very first because if they don't have the why they're not going to do any of the what? No,
1: no doubt. We talk about that in our first class of our, we have a 12 week food is medicine, keto class. And that's the first class we talk yeah, about what's your, hook? your hook, your why, and, you know, visualizing yourself once you've achieved this big goal, what does it look like? What does it feel like? And I think that's so powerful. Is
2: it getting you down know, on the ground <clears throat> with your grandkids and being able to get back up? You know, is it, <laughs> and in yeah, that real absolutely. true visual, tangible it, it, experiential goal that you can feel in your bones, you know, kind it, of thing.
3: And then the next lesson that I. That I told them that they need to do is teach them how to notice the changes in, in your body as you mm-hmm. as you're going to go through learning how to eat and improve your lifestyle. I want you to notice what's going on in your body as you make these changes and what goes on in your body when you slip up and you yeah. let some of that bad food get into your mouth and you chew and swallow. <laughs> Right. Because if we can't link feeling yeah. better to these new habits and feeling worse to falling away from the good habits, you'll fall back to your previous way of eating and living. Absolutely. And I think it's a
2: really beautiful way to round things out. Um, we have one final question for you, Dr. Walls, and and then we'll have you of course, share where everyone can find you and your book and also sign up for the clinical trial if applicable. Um, but our final question, we love to ask guests, and we're very excited to ask you is, uh, what is your 24 hour recall? (laughs) So yesterday, from when you woke up to when you went to bed, uh, what did you have to eat? If you can take us kind of. Oh,
3: from gosh, this this rest. would be fun. Um, so <laughs> in, the morning, <laughs> in the morning, I just had uh, plain green tea. Okay. In the afternoon, I had water. In the afternoon, I had water. And then yesterday evening. <clears throat> so I have one meal a day. Some, some days I eat just every other day. Um, I had a phosphatidylcholine smoothie. So some olive oil, uh, 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 some um, phosphatidylcholine uh, water, uh, a variety of mushroom blends, uh, some chia seeds that I blend together to make. Some days it's skinny enough to be a a smoothie, other days it's a little bit thicker to be uh, more of a pudding. So yesterday it's more of a pudding flavor. And then <clears throat> for my evening meal, um, we grow lots of collard greens and kale. So I had uh, uh, made a bone broth from bison bones.
0: Mm.
3: Uh, and I had a quart of uh, bison, uh, my broth, uh, uh, probably a salad bowl filled with collard greens that had chopped, had put in, in uh, uh, chopped ham because it was ham bones that, Uh, plus the bison bones that made the bone broth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had some black beans in there that I already cooked with a pressure cooker. Um, So uh, we knew that the lectins were already taken care of. And so uh, that is my uh, greens uh, in bone broth. Uh, And then uh, after it was all done, uh, ready to eat, I put in a, a spoonful of kimchi and a spoonful of natto. The uh, kitty uh, kimchi and natto uh, really boost your spermidine production. And spermidine is a great way to get more autophagy.
2: I love that. Paired with, of course, the restricted eating timeline. Yep. So that works yeah. really beautiful. And then that
3: following day, you would do a full fast, were you saying? Which is salt? Yeah, yeah. Or- so, okay, so today on. I'm having uh, water
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, and I made some green tea and I diluted it with, uh, some filtered water. All right. So Excellent. I get lots of stem cells. That's why, you know, I keep looking younger and younger.
2: <laughs> Love it. So wonderful. Uh, if you could share with our audience as we are wrapping up where they can find you on social, your website, then name of your so book between in the intro
3: and then the study link. So if you go to uh, my website, terrywalls.com, T-E-R-R-Y, Walls, W-A-H-L-S.com, uh, you will... See um, across the top, I'm going there, a yellow banner that says, we're recruiting for a new research study.
2: Beautiful.
3: Uh, And take, click, take the survey, and you'll take a survey, ask a few questions to see if you're eligible. Uh, You can also click, download the study brochure here. There's a little here, uh, and that will be the easiest way uh, to get to that. Uh, Follow me on Instagram. Uh, at Dr. Terry Walls, that's D. R. Terry Walls, T. E. R. Y. W. A. H. L. S. dot com. Uh, that's Dr. Terry Walls. Uh, yep. Facebook is Terry Walls. Twitter is Terry Walls. Uh, and I would also encourage everyone to sign up for my newsletter, because uh, that way you can hear some research uh, tips and uh, re- the reviews I do every week. We have an app, the Walls Diet app, that has recipes uh, for the Walls Diet, the Walls Protocol app, that has uh, tips to implement the 112 different actions that you can take to help you implement the diet and lifestyle program. So we have lots of tools. Uh, And also across the top, there is the work with Dr. Walls. I have a small limited private practice and I, so I do see a handful of patients every year as well.
1: Awesome. I will include links to all of those things in our show notes from today. And we really just appreciate you coming on and enlightening us and sharing inspiration from your journey.
3: Thank you
0: so much. Thank you so much.